This is Channel Attitude. Your voice, your right, your freedom. This is Vince Russo's The Brand. Welcome, 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 everybody, to the Attitude Era Review Show. I am Vince Russo. I am recording this Monday morning, August 7, 2023. Today, we are going to be looking at Season 6, Episode 18, May 4th. 1988, 1988, 1998, bro. And this is from Richmond, Virginia. Michael Cole and JR are the announced team. And guys, this is a significant show, especially a very significant segment one which I really, really, really want to go over today because I really believe, man, people, I think people have really forgotten what storylines are in professional wrestling. A lot of times I'll listen to these podcasts, bro, and I'll hear them talking about storylines, but they're not storylines. Their wrestler A wants to wrestle wrestler B either to get a title or to prove he's the better wrestler. That is not a storyline, bro. That is um, wrestling 101. And um, the beauty of this show that we're about to go over today is really the first segment that I'm going to be able to break down for you exactly, exactly what storytelling is. Now, if you remember, um, Dude Love took Stone Cold Steve Austin to the brink at Unforgiven. The uh, The match wound up ending, I believe, um, with um, e- either Dude Love got DQ'd or something, um, but he did not win the title. And uh, Mick Foley, dude love, feels like he should have won the title and he should have been the WWE champion. And he let out a little hint last week that Vince McMahon was behind the dude love persona because we know Vince has been doing anything he possibly can to get the title off of um, Steve Austin. So we find out last week, uh, Mick hints that Vince made him wear the outfit and Vince was behind dude love. Because like I said, bro, um, Vince doesn't care who has that title as long as it's not Austin. So we open up this week's show uh, in the Love Shack and Mick Foley comes out and immediately says, cut this music because this music makes me sick. And then Mick goes on to say, I don't know who the hell I am anymore. But the last time I checked my resume, I was going toe-to-toe with the WWE champion. And last week, I don't get a rematch. Goldust gets a shot at the WWE champion. I had to chuckle a little because Mick Foley referred to Goldust as a pansy. I don't know if we're allowed to use that word anymore. That's a word 
that used to be used a lot. Pansy was like girly man. Uh, that guy used a lot back in the day. And then Mick goes on to say, and this week I am booked against Terry Funk because it's real simple. Vince McMahon wants us to kill each other so he doesn't have to worry about neither one of us. Mick Foley then says, I'm not going to suck up to a low life like Vince McMahon. I'll be damned if I'm going to let my wife and kids see me bump and grind with two low-rate strippers. And he says, um, I promise you will never see dude love again. And now Mick calls out Vince McMahon because he wants some answers. And uh, Mick... um, Proceeds to tell Vince, you will not make me dress up like a horse's ass ever again. So now it is clearly revealed that uh, Vince was behind the whole dude love persona. Now Vince cuts his promo, and this is where it gets interesting. Vince tells Mick, who the hell do you think you are? You didn't get the job done at Forgiven. I booked you tonight against Terry Funk as a reward. And then he goes on. He's getting in Mick's head now. You and I see, you and I are a lot alike. And I turn adversity into triumph. This match with Funk is an opportunity. You need to make sacrifices to be the WWE champion. And Vince is really getting stiff and really, really getting serious. You can do it. Uh, Grab this opportunity. Seize this opportunity. Then Vince slips Mick Foley right across the face. So Vince is winding, winding, winding Mick up. And and the whole idea we've seen the last couple of weeks is Vince is manipulating Mick. And he's dangling that, that WWE title in front of him. And he's telling Mick, don't make any excuses. That's not like you. Take this as an opportunity because what he's really saying is if you can literally destroy your own friend, then you can become the WWE champion. At that point, after the slap, Austin comes out with a grappling iron, not a grappling iron, a grappling hook, I'm sorry. He backs Vince to the ring, and he goes on to destroy the entire Love Shack set. Man, what I love about this is here's exactly what we're doing here, bro. We are making another opponent for Stone Cold Steve Austin. That's exactly what we are doing. And this is storytelling. This is Vince McMahon manipulating Mick, dangling that carrot in front of him, getting in his head to do whatever he needs to do to get his hands on the WWE title, WWF title at that point. And 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 again, bro, the, the beautiful thing is the WWF title was the most important thing on that show. 
So even Mick is willing to fight Terry Funk, his best friend, to be the WWE uh, F champion. This is storytelling, bro. This is storytelling. This is how you make another opponent for Steve Austin. From there, bro, we follow up with Rock and Owen uh, versus Blackman and Farouk. We follow up right off of the heels of last week where uh, Owen turned on his partner, Ken Shamrock. Slaughter comes down before the match starts and sends the rest of the nation to the back. You guys, if you guys hear my Raw review, I'm always talking about this. Why is Judgment Day allowed to stay ringside every single week when they get involved in the matches? Here, we immediately send Slaughter down, sends the nation to the back, so it's going to be a fair fight. However, during the course of the match, Double J goes down to the room, to the ring, screws Blackman, and we get the nation, uh, Owen Hart over Blackman. This is what you cannot do today, bro. This is how you keep stories going, and this is how you keep feuds going. You cannot do that today because we went from storytelling to clean finishes in fake wrestling matches. So that's why, bro, you have so much 50-50 booking. Win one, lose one, win one, lose one, win one, lose one. Because you can't have run-ins anymore, bro. Because the marks have decided that um, screw job finishes are not what they want. They want clean finishes to fake matches. Um, from there, bro, is an absolutely tremendous, tremendous Jerry Briscoe package. Uh, this is perhaps the greatest thing uh, on the show where Vince uh, does the voiceover. He talks about uh, Briscoe being a family man. He puts over Briscoe Brothers Body Shop. And then we hear from Jerry Briscoe, who says, I owe everything in my life to Mr. McMahon. What a great, great piece this was. Bro, one of my favorite, my, my favorite T-shirt of all time is the Briscoe Body Shop, which was a shoot, bro. Um, the Briscoe brothers did uh, did um, own a, a body shop. But my favorite T-shirt in the world is the Briscoe Brothers Body Shop. It is worth the drive. From there, bro, we go to an edge vignette, bro. So not only is Val Venus coming to the WWE, Edge is coming to the WWE. And it is a woman doing the voiceover. Now, bro, I want to say this because uh, for whatever reason, I think uh, Adam Copeland has taken some shots at me uh, when uh, he says that I wanted the character to be a mute character. Yeah, bro, I did at the beginning. I wanted Edge to be a little like Tommy-like um, where he didn't speak. He didn't say anything, bro. He was just very, very mysterious. And then we were going to, you know, obviously turn that into a character. So he was never not going to talk, man. Let me, let me just make that uh, personally uh, perfectly clear. So we got a little Ed vignette. Then we've got DX coming down. Uh, Triple H cuts the promo. Are you ready? Let's get ready to suck it. I think this started last week. And uh, 
Triple H lets us know that Operation DX has continued. And uh, he says, stay off my grass, but don't be afraid to drop by and whack my weed. There was a lot of sexual innuendo here with uh, DX and uh, Triple H especially. And you know what, man? I was kind of crossing paths with uh, Val Venus here, and I probably shouldn't have. Um, But, you know, we wanted to make DX, uh, you know, cutting edge, lewd, crude. They would say anything. So I kind of needed to use the same offense for uh, both DX and Val Venus. Um, Road Dog then cuts a promo on DOA, which brings out the Legion of Doom. Hawk cuts a really good promo here. He talks about Mr. Ass and Mr. Hole and Mr. Nose and refers to China as just Mr. Um, this was probably improvised a lot by Hawk. It seemed like it was imp- improvised, but very, very, very good. And the LOD suggests that they make the match an eight-man. The DOA is scheduled to have a championship match against um, the the New Age Outlaws. But uh, Hawk says, hell no, man. Let's throw Triple H in there. Let's throw X-Pac in there. Let's make it an eight-man. From there, bro, we see a short um, video clip replay of Paul Barra and last week's promo where he made the declaration that um, Cain was his son. So we we are reminded of that, bro. So obviously we will get to this a little later on. Then we get a match, bro. Um, Dan Severn and the Savio Vega uh, with no Jim Cornette. This was pretty quick. But we got um, Severn over in a submission hold, and Savio tapped out. Savio uh, was always the best hand at just getting people over, man. Savio got it. He understood the business. He was unselfish. He was a great, great, great human being. Um, From there, bro, we go to Jerry Lawler and Paul Bearer. This was different, bro. And this is creative, bro. This is what I'm talking about about creativity. Uh, Paul Bearer says, I mean, I'm sorry, Lola says he's going to interview Paul Bearer when we get back from commercial. So at that point, the cameraman puts the camera down and we film a conversation between Lola and Paul Bearer that is not supposed to be filmed. And um, we hear Paul Bearer tell the story because uh, Lola's trying to get the goods, bro. Lola's trying to get the dirt of uh, of Paul Bearer, you know, boffin uh, the Undertaker's mother. And Paul, Paul Bearer says he was very young at the time. He was a virgin. He was kind of studly. Um, didn't look the way he looks now. And then he goes on to say, she took me right there in the funeral home. Um, and then... Um, Paul Barrett talks about slipping the salami to the Undertaker's mother right there on the kitchen floor of the funeral home. Uh, Lola adds that to you buried your baloney. And then Paul Barrett goes even further and says, Taker was coming down the stairs and his mama was a moaning and groaning. 
Uh, and I had to get him out of there, man, or else he would have saw his mother's feet. Uh, one was in New York. The other was in L.A. Bro, that was definitely my line stolen directly from Night Shift. Uh, when uh, Michael Keaton goes to get a haircut and he's talking about his sideburns. And he says, one's up here in New York. The other's down here in, you know, uh, Orlando or whatever, whatever he says. That's exactly where I got the life line from uh, night night shift. I believe that was my Michael Keaton's first movie. Billy blaze, bro. One of the greatest movies of all time. Oh, Fort Lauderdale. You got one, you got one sideburn. Where was it in, in uh, Vermont? I don't remember, but the other one down here in Fort Lauderdale, that, that was what he said. So I kind of, I kind of used that with uh, uh takers mother, spread eagle with one foot in new york the other one in la we uh, we go to commercial break we come back lola apologizes to paul bear and the viewers at home explaining that they didn't know the cameras were rolling again bro this is just a very creative and different way of doing things this was really 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 good from there, bro, we go to a Sable and Mark Merrow package, and uh, we have a vignette of Sable working out. And uh, yes, this is filmed with many, 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 many provocative shots of Sable working out. Now, let me make one thing perfectly clear. I did not shoot this, nor did I edit this or put it together. But uh, you get the picture of exactly what this was, because remember, Sable said in two weeks, I'm going to kick your ass. So we're seeing Sable work out now. From there, we go to Mark Merrow and Tennessee Lee is introducing Double J. And I was like, oh, wow, this is interesting. Mark Merrow and Double J. But then, bro, I forgot a few minutes ago, Double J screwed Blackman. So Blackman returns the favor here, and he um, he lights up uh, Double J. We're covering everything, bro. We're covering our bases. But again, in 2023, you could have done neither one of these things, bro, because we need clean finishes. Uh, the cool thing about Double J here is a red carpet <clears throat> is rolled down for him. Uh, all the way to ringside. And, bro, if you notice, his suit does not light up. And I told you, bro, he used to have um, real, real issues with that suit. So uh, this is very, very, very interesting as well. I guess the suit, the battery pack, was not working that week. From there, bro, we go to the eight-man tag. LOD DOA against DX. Sunny comes out and she is sent out to the back because this is going to be an, e an even fight. Interesting turn here, bro. They have China wrestle in the match and not X Pac. So I do believe this is the first time we actually see uh, China wrestle in a match. Very impressively, she does a Huna Conrada, is that how you say it, on Skull, which was very, very impressive. And the Harris boys were selling for China to get China over. 
China, China winds up low blowing Hawk, and that turns into a all out brawl between the eight teams. I notice here, bro, there is no more separation from hour one from hour two. Man, we went from war is war, raw is war to the war zone. Bro, that was all USA Network. So they could get a different sponsor to sponsor each hour. That's exactly what that was. So um not doing it anymore, bro. The show now fluidly goes through the entire two hours. Um, I love, bro, the way they came back with footage of during the break, this match continued in the back. Very, very, very rarely do you see that anymore. From there, bro, we go to a match between Goldust and Kane. And based on what Taker said, I mean, what Paul Bearer said earlier in the night about Taker's mother, this all connects, bro. This is dotting the I's, crossing the T's. Taker comes out ringside and attacks Paul Bearer. And we've got an all-out brawl between The Undertaker and Kane. J.R. is calling this beautifully, bro, over the top. And he's screaming, there's not enough people in this building to separate these two guys. This has turned in to an all-out war. You know, back then, bro, people used to really get into the brawling. They used to really get into when all hell broke loose. And guess what, bro? If that's what they get into, that is what we're going to give them. From there, bro, we go on to a we go into a great package, man, with Mick Foley and Terry Funk, man, showing the friendship, showing them wrestling together in uh, Japan, showing the origins of Dude Love, a character that Mick Foley played as a teenage, um, a teenager growing up. We show the infamous footage of Foley jumping off his roof as a kid. Uh, some brutal footage from a exploding barbed wire match that took place in Japan. So this was a package, bro, to really show and build the friendship of Foley and uh, Terry Funk while also showing where Vince McMahon got the the seedling for the Dude Love character. It was a real thing, and that's what we are showing in this package. From there, man, we go to Val Venus, who's working on his next film, The Soldier of Love, and Jenna Jameson is in this vignette with him. Uh, I told you, man, Jenna Jameson came out to Bruce's house. We shot a bunch of vignettes with her even had a even had her and Val in the uh in the um jacuzzi in Bruce's house and Vince left a lot of this footage on the cutting room floor because Vince thought Jenna Jameson was ugly bro ugly so Vince uh cut a lot of that out and a lot of it you never got to see but uh, Val Venus is coming soon, and he says, one look at my 
Um, one look at my something and you'll all be left speechless. I can't e- silencer. Man, I can't read my own writing. One look at my silencer and you'll all be left speechless. We also find out, bro, that Steve Austin, bro, is going to be on color for the match between Terry Funk and Mick Foley, which is up next. We got Austin's music and entrance. He is chug-a-lugging beer, man, on the way down to the ring. Uh, we we have Funk's entrance, 53 years old, bro. Funk is at the time of this match, 53. And then we got Mick Foley coming down. No music, no nothing, which is a little nuanced, but cool, man. Vince McMahon is stripping him of everything. And uh, they announce Foley as being from from as, as as being from East Setauket, Long Island, bro. When Mick Foley wrestled as Mick Foley, I don't know if they said he was from East Setauket, Long Island, but he really was from East Setauket, Long Island. I used to go to a movie theater, bro, in East Setauket, Long Island. That is a place. So um, we give the real hometown of Mick Foley. Then we've got a special referee, and that special referee is none other than uh, Pat Patterson. So now Mick and uh, Terry Funk have their match. Austin's on color. Patterson's reffing. Vince is watching in the back. How bad does Mick Foley want it? That's what this is all about. How bad do you want it? Are you willing to beat the ever-loving snot out of your best friend? Early on, bro, we get some vicious, unprotected headshots, uh, chair shots to the head from uh, Terry Funk to Mick Foley. Mick's head is busted open on top. On top, bro, not forehead. On top, it's busting open, so it was a shoot. Then Mick delivers chair shots to Rick, um, uh, Mick, uh, to a uh, Terry Funk, bro. This these chair shots unprotected was brutal. Uh, you got to understand something, bro. First of all, nobody, nobody was instructing um, both of these guys to do that. This is what these guys wanted to do. But most importantly, guys, I got to stress again. Uh, we did not know about, um, you know, the the seriousness, seriousness of concussions back then, bro. All that stuff had not taken place with the uh, doctor of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, all of that stuff, CTM, all of that stuff had not come out yet, bro. Um, or else I'm sure um, Mick and uh, Terry would have taken some of those chair shots back, I think, anyway. So now we got um, Austin's on color, and the audio keeps going in and out. There's technical difficulties. Um, and uh, Lola is, is I mean, I'm sorry, um, Austin is blaming Lola. He doesn't know what's going on. He's getting pissed. It's probably... Vince in the back screwing with him. But this leads to Austin nailing Jerry Lawler, taking out Lawler. 
Now he goes over to JR and he's accusing the JR of effing with the with the audio. And JR says, I'm not doing nothing but my job. This match, bro, leads into the crowd. It is chaotic. They wind up taking out uh, the concession worker. Uh, man, bro, it, this is really weird. The fans are all over Funk and, and, and uh, uh, Mick. There, there's like no security out there, bro, which I was absolutely shocked. I mean, the fans are, you know, high-fiving them, slapping them on the back, practically hugging them. There's very little security out there. Um, Funk does a backwards moonsault off one of the railings. Uh, on to Mick Foley below. Below, This is chaotic, bro. This is as chaotic as it gets. Um, Lola, I mean, I'm sorry. JR says this looks like an absolute car wreck. Mick Foley pile drives Terry Funk through a table. They go underneath the bleaches. We lost them. This was a great way to go to a commercial break, bro. This is how you go to a commercial break, man. They went underneath the bleachers. We lost them. Our camera's got to find them and pick them up. We come back, bro. We got footage shot during the break where they are fighting in the back. The fight goes back to the arena. Uh, JR reminds us, I I think this was actually Austin. What length will Mick Foley go to to fight for the WWF title? Do you guys see how we are making the title the most important thing? Um, Austin uh, pops me here, bro, because he apologizes for his language, but then adds that it's usually a lot more worse than this. Uh, Foley then pile drives Terry Funk on a chair. Remember when that used to be a finish, bro? Remember when that used to be a finish? He pile drives uh, Terry Funk in a chair. One, two, three. So Mick Foley does indeed prove himself to uh, Vince McMahon. Austin winds up uh, throwing beer in Mick Foley's face. There is a brawl. Austin winds up stunning uh, Pat Patterson, bro, to get that big pop at the end of the show. Uh, (laughs) Bro, this was phenomenal, man, and you guys got to watch this. So Mick does indeed prove himself. We hit the dude love music. Vince comes out to the stage with the two strippers, as Mick called them earlier in the show, and he is dancing, bro, dancing his ass off. Mick walks up to him. There is a big hug between Mick Foley and Vince McMahon. Bro, Vince is dancing like a jackass. Austin is doing everything in his power to try not to lose it, but he can't help it, bro. Austin is cracking up looking at Vince McMahon dancing like a clown. This was tremendous, bro. Uh, this we're, we're starting to hit, bro, here on all four cylinders. Everybody's having a good time, man, from, from Vince to Stone Cold Steve Austin. Um, we, we, we 
succeeded in building another opponent for Austin, bro, which is going to be Mick Love, uh, Mick Love, Mick Foley, Dude Love, under the tutelage and the guidance of Mr. McMahon. Very entertaining show, guys. Um, I love the way we built another opponent for uh, Austin. Very, 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 very well done. All right, guys, I will be back in two weeks from today. Guys, remember, check out our new show, man. You guys will love it. Hey, Mom, I'm doing a show in the basement, a TV show in the basement, where we break down some dirt sheet mark podcast, bro. You guys will find that absolutely entertaining. That is it, everybody. Thank you, man, for being a brand member. I appreciate you all, man. I'll see you next week.